Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. From Decrypt Media, this is the Decrypt Daily, and my name is Matthew Aaron. Today on the show, OTC deals, institutional investors, $100 million plus Bitcoin buys. How do they happen? And where are they coming from? Rumor has it, for every one that you hear about, four are happening in private. That's today on the Decrypt Daily. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the show. Today is Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. I want to get straight into the today's show and straight into those crypto prices because I woke up very happy. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. And I'm recording this at 9.40 Eastern Standard Time. Bitcoin is sitting at $36,466.42, up 4% from yesterday. Ethereum, $1,535, new all-time high, up 7% from yesterday. Litecoin, $149.47, up 4.7%. Chainlink, $2491, up 8.7%. And XRP, further diving down, $0.37.2, cents, down 2.9% from yesterday. Total market cap, up 5.5%, sitting at $1.097 trillion dollars. With a BTC dominance of 62.1%. Top 10 coins. Bitcoin, Ethereum, Tether, Polkadot, XRP, Cardano, Chainlink, Litecoin at number 8, Bitcoin Cash, and BNB rounding off number 10 at $50.54. The hype of institutional investors is just through the roof. Everybody's talking about it. Michael Saylor is having classes to teach businesses how to invest in Bitcoin. And are they? Well, apparently... They are. And my guest today, Ragu Yawagata, CEO of FaconX, is handling a lot of those institutional buys or big OTC purchases. How are they done? And are they really happening? We'll find out right now. Thank you so much for having me, Matthew. Pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. Look, 2021 is shaping up to be the biggest bull in Bitcoin's history, Bitcoin's lifetime. And a lot of people mm-hmm. are putting that on institutional investors. Michael Saylor and MicroStrategy is leading the charge with $1.14 billion invested into Bitcoin. And there's going to be a lot of other companies coming in as well with $100 million plus investments into mm-hmm. Bitcoin. How the hell are they doing that? How do you make a purchase of Bitcoin without skyrocketing the price? or tanking mm-hmm. the market? Oh, fantastic question. I mean, just to characterize that a little bit, right? I mean, why are institutions coming in? COVID, I think, really accelerated institutional adoption crypto by at least two to three years. As the money printing machine started going on, uh, institutional customers, institutional investors specifically, started looking for a good inflationary hedge. And that is why we saw this pattern of around the March, April onwards, it was a US-centric phenomena. A lot of U.S. institutional investors started coming in, then Asian institutions, and then retail started spiking up in uh, in January. Now, how do they uh, execute a $100 million you know, buy? So to give you a little bit of context, right? I mean, there's a diversity of institutions coming in, right? You have this traditional hedge funds, prop shops, quant desk. But more importantly, a lot of public and private companies are now putting Bitcoin on their balance sheets. Um, 
you know, looking at some of the numbers that we are seeing, I can I can tell you that for every one public company that's announcing, there are at least two or three private companies having Bitcoin exposure on their balance sheets. And to give you an example, uh, like you know, we we are doing a lot more of these, right? I mean, almost like three to five on a monthly basis. Uh, on Christmas Day, we got a call. Uh, one of the very popular uh, institutions out there. We want to purchase $120 million in Bitcoin. This is on Christmas morning. And how do you go about it? The first thing is, what is FalconX? FalconX is uh, this connecting tissue that sits on OTCs, market makers, miners, exchanges. And our goal is to facilitate really good pricing and then layer that on with credit and be the one-stop shop for institutions. So they come in, they say $120 million. What we typically try to understand is like, what do you want from it? Do you want spot, meaning you, do you want to take delivery and custody these Bitcoin, or do you want just the exposure? If you simply want exposure, we can uh, recommend on how to basically get that futures exposure. The second thing is the timeline, and this is the critical part. The shorter the timeline, the higher the probability of market impact. If Matthew wants to execute a $120 million trade right now, it will move the market. But if you give us an hour, a day, or two, three days, then the market impact is uh, quite minimal. The mm -hmm. third thing is a price target. Some institutions come in with a price target. Some institutions are like, let's basically get this taken care of in the next two, three days. Uh, so if they have a specific price target, we'll shoot for it. So without market impact, the most common strategy, Matthew, is what we call as a flavor of uh, TVAPs, time-weighted average pricing. So most institutions that we are seeing, they go about three to five days, minimizing the market impact. And for them, the privacy is the single most important thing. Because the minute a big name is buying crypto, that news comes in, market manipulation and a lot of shenanigans that could fall around it. I think that a lot of people understand how that works because you know we knew that $100 million would move a market. But I think two questions come out of this for the, you know, just the person that doesn't have $100 million and they're not buying Bitcoin, mm -hmm. you know? So mm -hmm. one is, where is that Bitcoin? Do they take custody or do you help them with that custody? I mean, to have that responsibility for somebody or an entity or, or a corporation to have control of their private keys, one is there's probably a mm -hmm. lot of liabilities there. And two, a lot of mm -hmm. trust within the CEOs or the board to have those private keys. So there must be a third party custody. And the other one is, is how are you buying those, Bitco that, those Bitcoins? Is that straight cash OTC deals? Are you using Tether? I think a lot of people are wondering about the stablecoin market and how that facilitates these purchases. So two questions, who has the Bitcoin? And how are you actually purchasing that? Cash, Tether, other stable coins, credit cards? Oh, excellent question, Matthew. Uh, I mean, you're hitting the nail on the head. Some of the biggest teams are 2020. I'll start with the second question first. Our first wave of institutions, they bought Bitcoin mostly with US dollar, pretty much all US dollar. The institutions who bought Bitcoin in January, three of them bought it with USDC. So that is a very powerful signal that the world is beginning to tokenize, right? Uh, institutions, at least this public and private companies, never even thought of USDC before. Now they're comfortable with USDC and the, uh, the aspect of 24-7 settlements that are all around uh, the benefits of tokenization. Today, we deal with USD and USDC. That's what we're seeing. We rarely, maybe we saw one deal with Tether uh, out of a nation institution, but that is far and few. Now, going to your first question, how, you know, how do they custody and how do they navigate this? This is where definitely there are pain points in the industry, right? Because for a brand new public company to think about what are private keys? Where do I put it? Because any public company cannot host, just have one person have those private keys. There should be a sequence and hierarchy and chains of commands there. So essentially what we do is we work with them in terms of, hey, first of all, do you want to take delivery? You know, some of the institutions are like, no, we don't want to take delivery. We trust your custody practices and we partner with custody providers, a variety of them, right? Curve, Bitco. Some simply say that, hey, 
why don't you custody the Bitcoin for us? And these are the five authorized people within our company who can access it. And by the way, when our Bitcoin is not being used, we, we would love to basically earn yield, right? Through your product lines. Uh, that is one type. The other types are like, you know, hey, we decided our custody partner, work with them to basically, you know, make the purchase happen and then push it to that custody within two, three days. This is all very bullish. Uh, the more and more people talk about um, taking a little bit of, a company's balance sheet and throw it into Bitcoin. And like you said, earn the yield. I'm actually going to do a show in a couple of days on just that of how to use mm -hmm. your Bitcoin and use uh, earn the yield. So if anybody's listening, please look out for that show. But you said that there are, it's three to one, the ratio for every one mm -hmm. company that is saying, Hey, I got some Bitcoin in my books. There are three companies that don't want to say anything, but they're still hodling Bitcoin because they want to make sure that they are protecting their cash. How bullish is this for 2021? We're only at the, the second month. Do you think that we're going to see even more companies come in throughout 2020, 2021? Or do you think that this is just a flash in the pan and we're going to have to see maybe during the next bull run? Oh, excellent question, Matthew. I think uh, we are, unlike the 2017 run, we have a lot of themes of sustainability underneath this run. First and foremost, if money printing is not going to stop, uh, the world uh, committed to printing about $8 trillion over the next 12 months. And that sort of gives you a weighted average global inflation of 5 to 7%. And that's the mm -hmm. truth. That's going to happen over the next three to four years. If money printing doesn't stop, that, that's one sustainability trend, right? Bitcoin is slowly emerging to be this inflationary hedge. As long as money is being printed at a very aggressive rate, which is needed for the world, the quantitative easing is needed to basically get out of the COVID pandemic, uh, then institutions are excited. That is one aspect. The second thing, because of COVID, the trends around uh, the, the, the true advantages of blockchain got accelerated, right? Settlements, bank holidays for two days over the weekend is crippling some of the financial infrastructure in terms of posting the collateral, moving the money in time and all of that good stuff. Now, if you put your money in USDC, you have this you know, benefit of 24 seven operations. So there are sustainability trends that we are seeing. But to give you, a, I'm a product manager, and I talk in terms of data. The last 10% move that happened in Bitcoin, most of our institutions didn't even flinch in terms of selling it quick. So that tells me that there is a level of sustainability and sophistication with why they're coming in. That's excellent news. And really quick, uh, just to round this off, um, just to make sure that we're talking to the right person because you are telling us so much bullish news. You told us what Falcon X does, but I have to ask you, how much does Falcon X help as a third party buyer or seller? To understand the question, meaning uh, the services that we offer are... How much money are you guys dealing with? <laughs> the last announced number uh, in November of uh, 2020, where we announced uh, the funding from American Express, at that point, we're doing uh, $3 billion plus of transaction volume on a monthly basis. We have one of the that largest uh, trading platforms emerging to be a prime broker and uh, one of the largest in the space. That is definitely a little bit of money. <laughs> you are the co-founder as well. Then you must be very proud. Raghu Yaragata, CEO and co-founder of Falcon X. Thank you for telling us the OTC 101 and how it actually works behind the scenes. Big fan of your show, Matthew. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you. And another news. Ruffer Investment Company sold $650 million worth of the cryptocurrency. This London-based firm manages $27.3 billion in assets. And way back in November of 2020, they allocated 2.5% of its multi-strategies fund to Bitcoin. 
Well, being in a profit, they said, why don't I cover my costs? And they took out $650 million. Don't worry though, they still have $700 million left in Bitcoin and are currently up $750 million in profit. I keep talking about NFTs, non-fungible tokens, or art on the blockchain on this show. And Hashmarks Collectibles has taken the Ethereum art world by storm, selling in one week $9 million worth of digital art. One piece was flipped for 100,000% profit in just a couple days. Remember, I reported this a couple days ago, bought the piece for $150, sold it for $150,000. It seems as though Hashmark's business plan is to sell on scale. They sold 16,000 NFT art for $9 million, which averages out to be around $560 plus per piece. So basically, we'll take this as a lesson. If you want to make $9 million, just make 16,000 pieces of art and sell them for about 500 bucks a piece. And if you want to buy one of these artworks, just have $500 worth of F lying around and you can pick one up yourself. I don't know if you noticed, but Ethereum is hitting new all-time highs. Its 2018 all-time high was around 1350 and every time after that was a new all-time high, but right now we're sitting around 1560, $1,560 per Ethereum. And everybody's wondering, what's going on? Why is this happening? Well, one reason could be is Grayscale is back in the Ethereum fund business and they took in $38 million in 24 hours to their Ethereum fund. And what's fueling this? What isn't fueling this? DeFi, non-fungible tokens or NFTs, on-chain value transfers, dApps. So many different things are happening on the Ethereum platform right now that you can almost see the future shaping right in front of our eyes. Binance quietly launches its crypto-based PayPal rival called Binance Pay. Users can use their crypto wallets to make purchases, while vendors can convert from their Binance stablecoins over to the euro. Oh, by the way, have you been looking at PayPal's stock price over the past year, especially after they launched their Bitcoin or cryptocurrency offerings? Take a look at that stock. It is mooning. This is not financial advice, of course, but I do want you to take a look because it's a pretty damn nice chart. And finally, more big names are turning to blockchain. Mark Cuban, billionaire, Dallas Mavericks owner, and the Shark Tank guy stopped by the Wall Street Bets subreddit for an AMA. When asked what industry is relatively small now that has the potential to explode in the next 10 years, he said DeFi and NFTs. However, he continued to say there will be lots of ups and downs along the way. In the crypto space, day after day, we're getting bullish to more bullish to even bullish year. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Decrypt Daily. My name is Matthew Aaron Deemer. I'll be back tomorrow. Same Matt time, same Matt channel. But until then, please go over to Apple Podcasts, like, subscribe, share, and leave us a comment. And until then, happy hodling. And hopefully we see new higher highs tomorrow and higher lows. Actually, I don't even want to see a low only highs. I'll see you tomorrow. Happy holidays.